On this important episode of Beer, Blues, and BS, our good friend Farva returns to the show, and he's here to describe to us the controversy surrounding his former canine partner, Mador, who's pretty much being held hostage. Farva's here to tell us the whole story and how we can help hopefully get Mador retired and returned to Farva. But don't worry, it won't all be serious. Me and the gents, we're going to have some other good stories, some good brews, and, and hey, somebody else is going to assemble a model with me. So it's a great time. And it, oh, oh, did, I didn't mention special bonus guest. I'm telling you, a great episode for you to tune in. And again, to help support a good cause in freeing Medora. So with all that, you're in a good place. Welcome to the show. It's Howard Blues and V. Mark Kidder. For a beverage, Enjoy time with friends. The Triple B. Well, the Triple B sucks. Okay? Oh, come on. Whatever, man. This is Beer, Beer Blues, and BS. Online at BeerBluesBS.com. Good evening, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to Beer, Blues, and BS, the podcast that's feline tolerated and canine approved. I'm your host, Howard Blues, here, as always, with my co-host, the man, the myth, the legend, the Mark Kidder. Kidder, how you doing tonight? How are you doing? That, that, that's it? Just meh? 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 Don't, don't make me go get the flask. I, well, I mean, you could. It, it could be that kind of a show. You know I have the meh flask. I, I yes I, I do I was just I'm just surprised usually there's uh you know an energy that you know even even if you're not feeling it you kind of fake it but I, yeah. I did that earlier today and ah. by earlier today midday because I was up too late last night and I had to get some actual sleep and so got up finally went outside and it was 86 degrees and had to power wash the deck so i pretended i was from texas left my shirt inside made sure that i had the short shorts on grabbed a cigarette had that hanging out but it was unlit and i power washed the deck for two hours and my pasty white ass got a little little extra crispy a little extra crispy today Tomorrow comes part due. The return to Texas. Well, because I have to stain said deck tomorrow. Well, uh, I, sorry that uh, you're, you know, that was your day today. I, I mean, wow, it was like the first quarter of the day. Yes. Yeah. But, but then uh, I had great things happen after it because I, I left the, the Texas mode behind and we'll talk about that later in the show. Cause I, I got to share what else happened today as people get a sneak peek of our special guest from, from Texas. So he, since he popped onto the screen for about a fraction of a second, we might as well bring him in before I ask Howard, how the hell he's doing today and tells us about his voles and whatever else is going on in his backyard. Maybe he needs some good people from down south to come up and take care of business. But uh, welcome to the show, Farva, the man, 
not quite from Texas himself. <laughs> well, thank you, Cheddar. Thank you, Howard. Go be back. Yeah, it's so, been a while since we've had you on the show, Farrow. It's good to have you back. <laughs> it is. It is. It has been a while. I've been unfortunately been very busy doing a lot of different things and some big life changes. So good to be back. Yeah. Well, gents, before we dive into the rest of Kidder's day, which sounds interesting, and then uh, my day, which he seemed to make it sound like it is probably going to be pretty boring, it, it, to be truthful. Uh, you know what? We should get to everybody's favorite segment of the show, and that is What's on Tap. And uh, Farvo, since you are the guest joining us, what's on tap for you, good sir? <laughs> well, sir, I'm drinking the traditional, sorry, the national beer of Texas, Lone Starlight. Oh, yeah, I went cheap today. <laughs> I've never heard of that garbage. Did they oh, literally yeah, the national beer of Texas, Lone Star, the Rio Grande River or something? Is, is that like sadness and urine from the people crossing the border or what? <laughs> no, it is, uh, it's like a can of Copenhagen, a pack of Marlboros, brisket, and a pickup truck all in one. Made in the fine city of Fort Worth, Texas. <laughs> smells like reasonable suspicion by itself. Oh, it <laughs> to is. To be honest. It is, but you know what? It's cheap, it's cold, and it, don't, it, it gets the job done. And uh, how many of those do you have to finish to finish said job? Well, being that there uh, was this, I think it's a 16 ounce can. I got six of them, so I got a little ways to go. Okay. What's the uh, alcohol by volume on this? That doesn't even say, or is it too sad? I don't know. Sad? I'll get to you. I'll, get, I'll, I'll figure it out. Um, oh, no. He's going to do math. It is. It is unknown. <laughs> <laughs> it is unknown. That's hilarious. Probably about 100. 38 carbs per ounce. Nope, nope, nope. It is uh, 8.36 carbs. Total. Man. Total. Total. And 110 calories, baby. <laughs> smooth sipping. Yeah, it's a smooth sipping flavored water, basically. It's not far enough uh, north to be called a, a banquet beer, so you better just enjoy the border beer. I will. I do have a banquet beer chilling in the fridge if it gets desperate. You might need something with actual alcohol in it. <laughs> Since it doesn't list it on the side. Let's it is. It's, it's probably like half a percent of all my content. Well, well Howard starts uh, telling us uh, what that is. Again, Farver, you're having a Lone Star beer. Like, yeah, Lone Star Light. I'm I'm going to our favorite source, the internet, for justice. Oh, good. <laughs> Man, we haven't even made it through the first actual segment, and we are already fact-checking ourselves. Oh, sweet. We get a fact-checker? Hey, can we do it like on Blind Date, where it's like that little pop-up in the bottom? <laughs> uh, usually, usually, future Howard will put stuff up, like, right up here, but uh, I don't know. Kidder's been doing a lot more of the fact checking lately on these uh, episodes because this is not the first beer that we've had on the show recently, even that hasn't put that information on there. So, 
Listen, I'm happy to help up front, but beyond the time that we're together, ain't nobody got time for that. So <laughs> we might as well do it now when it's important. Uh, so the user reviews on this out of seven, it gets a 4.0. So apparently it is a decent cheap beer. Uh, going to the website, it actually asks me if I'm 21 or not, which of course you need to, to say you're tell. from 1908, then you're more than capable. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. From uh, making my second run at 21 at that point. Yeah. There's no fat. There's 0.7 grams of protein, 8.3 grams of carbs, 110 calories. That's per 12 ounces. And Farva, it looks like you have uh, the pounders over there. Am I seeing that correctly? Yeah. Still haven't gotten a uh, alcohol by volume. That, that's that is correct because uh, it they didn't have it listed on their website either. <laughs> <laughs> I have to go to the actual rest of the internet, like page two, to figure this out. So according to um, Amer or Austin American Statesman at Austin360.com. It sounds like a, a site that I might trust because yeah. it's close to Austin 316. Yeah. So by comparison, Lone Star Light has a 3.85 ABV hmm. versus a Michelob Ultra at 4.2% alcohol by volume. Yeah, it's so, a little, little low on the count there. A little low. No wonder they weren't telling you uh, how much it was. Mm -hmm. <laughs> on the low end of the scale. Second. I'll be right back. Okay. Kidder, what what are you having? You you sound like you were having the rougher day. What's One on second. tap for you? <laughs> like he he's leaving, and we know he's leaving. I'll be back. I gotta do the thing I told you about. Hold on. Yeah, we'll be we'll be holding on. Uh, yeah the the first quarter was was issue because I had to do you know manual labor. I had to do work and i mean i let's be honest i was working on my tan while i was doing it and that's why i was going the shirtless route back with you sorry Kent. that is that is the exact phrase that i had earlier today couldn't be more texas of you to share that oh what <laughs> your reaction what? right there oh. <laughs> yes the sitting down because that's that's how my day went so nice. I, I have no no idea what I what I should have. I I just noticed I have Lining Kugel Summer Shandy in three different places. <laughs> Good choice. Good choice in it's three like, different ways. It's like they're landmines in here because they're placed in different areas. You know what? I will do this one. And for the record. Moving the landmines to the same place for safety. Because safety first. Oh, that's all of them. I also... Did we review this on the show? Yes. Okay, yes, thank you for reminding me because that's in there too. And I couldn't remember if I had done that yet. So, there we go. Do you have... Farva loves these too. Oh, God, yes, I do. These are the, the Howard, if you have not had one yet, the, the Aussie Lemonade, it is, of course, a non-alcoholic 
monster rude boy kyle approved sheet yes. rock not approved uh and it is absolutely delicious australian style lemonade with a jolt of caffeine of um if i look on here the vitamins i want to say it's a 200 milligram caffeine in this guy yeah where is the bg oh no my bad it's way down at the bottom only 160 milligrams of caffeine so it's not a lot but it'll get you there and then of course we have the finish long drinks yes later had one of those well uh, rude boy kyle and i were trucking this this has gone from a podcast to an organization Hey, 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 but the, the Aussie lemonade is, is a solid choice when late at night and trying to keep awake. Delicious. Delicious, <clears> indeed. <throat> All right. Back to the actual what's on tap. Uh, the Wasatch Brewing Company, the Devastator Double Bock Lager. Yeah. Ram. It's Ram Tough or something like that. Anyway, it's a uh, plum malt rich. That's what it tastes like. 8% alcohol by volume with 18 IBUs in this. If you're going to sin, sin big. Our double bock is sweet, toasty, and rich, but with a gentle finish. This beer has developed a serious cult following. Imagine that, a cult following in Utah. Literally says it on the back of the can, just for proof that I didn't add that. So no, you can't sue us, Utah, because it was the Wasatch Brewery that posted it on the back of their can. They're located, by the way, in Salt Lake City, Utah. They were established in 1986, and they drink their share and sell the rest. Ball Corporation and Aluminium on the can so good job at the supporting of the company that sponsors the arena housing your colorado avalanche oh well guess lone star supports them too oh you you have you have the ball on there too yeah she's right Uh oh (laughs) Oh, she's right there you're right there no no it's right there i I swear it's right there see right there there's a little logo Maybe maybe he had a real beer before he started drinking that, and that's why he's actually getting drunk. <laughs> <laughs> so this is a 12-fluid-ounce beer with a kind of crinkly can. I don't, I don't know what happened to this can, but uh, it's got a little something-something going on with it. Is it expired? Yep. <laughs> Enjoy by 1-6 of 23. I am glad that I purchased another expired beer. And, uh, Kidder, I'm I'm just going to say this. I looked at the drink sheet. You actually had this back on episode 45 of the show. Yeah, I I thought I may have had this. And it was probably a low rating then, too, wasn't it? uh, You didn't actually rate it, so you have a chance Mm. to fix that. Mm. Uh, Well, it is thick. It's a little chocolatey there. I don't taste the plum. Um, yeah, I agree. That's 
That's about how I feel about this beer right now. Like, <laughs> I'm laughing, Kidder, because you just gave it the exact you you use the exact same description as you did in episode forty five. It's thick, and I don't taste the plum. <laughs> hey, that should be proof by itself that this show lives on consistency. Okay, this is a true life show right here. Yeah. Nothing nothing made up, nothing crazy. It it is to the truth, to the T. So I'll give this a 2.538. I'll give this a uh, a three. Some ratings. Uh, so thanks, local geek. Uh so kidder for, for myself for what's on tap. Uh oh, yeah, since- you have to drink too. Yeah, um, and since uh, we have uh, Farva on the show, I actually made a special uh beer run tonight. Oh, uh, yeah! The family was uh, going to Sleepy Hollow for the musical, and I'm like, "Great, I have time alone. I'm gonna go make this beer run." And uh, because Farva's on the show, it just wouldn't be a show unless I have the official beer of Farva. That's right, from the special brewery. Uh, it's a shiner, but this is a shiner hill country peach wheat. Yeah, Good job going back to Shiner, Texas. Mm-hmm. Yep. yep, good old shiner. Uh, yep, it is. Uh, they're seasonal. It's from the hill country to your hand. Reach for a nice cold peach, and then the description they have on the back here: pop open a peach. Hill country peach wheat is brewed with juicy, perfectly ripe peaches from the nearby Texas hill country. These peaches, along with a mix of two row. And wheat malts make for a slightly sweet, refreshing ale. Bar- uh, barely filtered, this brew has a golden, hazy color and tastes like it came from the orchard. So pop open a peach and enjoy while you can. Enjoy. Uh, it is 4.5% alcohol by volume. And uh, yeah, that's, that's pretty much what we got. I will say it is kind of neat, and I don't know if you'll be able to see it, but on the cap, this kind of yellow line, it actually says... Uh, pop open a peach. Nice. I see it. That was awesome. So, In fact, I'm fairly certain I can tell you where those peaches came from. Yeah, I mean, they even have a nice little uh, cap here. I mean, that's nice. classy. So, we will pop this open. And, uh, oh yeah, you can smell the peach just wafting right out of the bottle. And, uh, <laughs> I'm going to hope it's good. So, that is actually pretty good. I'm not a big fruit and beer fan, but I hear you. But I'll tell you the uh, the peaches are probably from Fredericksburg, Texas, which is uh, it's not too far from where I live. Yeah, it's no. Uh, he must be going to check. That's that's why he got up. He had to go look at the map on his other wall. Just yeah, I'm, at, I'm on the map here. It's in uh, Fredericksburg is in uh, God, was it Gillespie County? Gillespie County. How do you pronounce it? Yeah, no, it's got a nice, um, a, a real nice kind of peach flavor, but not overpowering. I mean, you do definitely taste the wheat aspect uh, to it as well. So it's kind of an interesting combination. I'm kind of curious, Kidder, how this would compare with uh, JS's uh, Bush Peach that he's been like drinking like crazy. 
And uh, if you haven't seen the episode Big Box of Bush, you should go check that one out. It's kind of a crazy one. A couple S's and C's and H's. I, yeah, that's all right, man. <laughs> I, 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 I get a free pass on that after I sat and counted every time that we said Bush during that episode. <laughs> Did you add a couple for yourself? Uh, yeah. I mean, I, I got them all. It was uh, 120 like times. <laughs> it's like Pokemon. Got to catch them all. Yeah, which you know isn't always easy because there were a couple of times where like Kidder slipped one in, like kind of almost quietly, like in the background. So trying to catch all of them was not. You're welcome. Yeah, <clears throat> I do have some breaking news though. Oh. <laughs> This, this is uh, somewhat sad breaking news, and I say somewhat sad because it affects our show as well. Mm. And Howard's going, what? And uh, Favre was going, how could anything affect this show? Nobody even knows it's here. I understand. But this, this truly does. And what is it, per se? Well... Rhombus Guys Brewing has closed its downtown tap room and is ceasing brewing operations out of El Forco Grande. So the way it affects this show, number one, we have had Rhombus Guys beers on this show before. I'm sad about it, too. Okay. <clears throat> and number two, we're not going to get any new varieties from them because they're done. The supply that they currently have will be disappearing, and when it disappears, it will be gone forever. Now, if anybody knows anybody who has a bunch of money and wants to open a brewery, apparently uh, all of the equipment and brewing uh, apparatus uh, is still there. So, great location downtown Grand Forks if you're looking for business opportunity and an opportunity to get us some more beverages. Now they still have the pizza place open, right? Rama's guys pizza. Yes. They're right. continuing the pizza place in Kitson and grand forks. Okay. And I think there's a third one. Um, there's one in Fargo. Fargo. Yeah. Yes. But I, I, I see a great opportunity here, Kidder. We just got to get the local geek to move to Grand Forks. And you know what? Big D is looking to rent their house that they have there. So he could just pay the rent there. The start, plan is all starting to come together. Be a lot longer, though, for him to drive to deliver us beer, though. You could meet him halfway, Jamestown. It's true. I do end up in Jamestown a lot. <clears throat> Halfway would be more like Valley City, but but I see your point. <laughs> and there happens to be one of the greatest pizza places in Valley City, so it's really a, a an excuse with another excuse. It's a it's a two for one, if you will. We yeah. like twofers. Yeah, twofers definitely. Well, Kidder, uh, you you hinted at you had more to tell about your day today, and that it would be something interesting, something compelling. Something we'd all want to hear. Yeah. I mean, especially Farva. 
You probably not. Because it involves me. So. Ha. <laughs> <laughs> ah. ah, burn. Finally, uh, because as we know, Star Trek Strange New Worlds Season 2 mm-hmm. has been airing each Thursday. And this week, another great episode. Had not had the opportunity to watch it when it came out on Thursday. Was busy on Friday. And uh, here we are on Saturday. Finally had the opportunity to watch it. So there's one great point. Another good episode. Enjoy the strange new worlds. But then, because Comic-Con is happening in San Diego this weekend, and today was Star Trek Day at Comic-Con, they not only announced Season 4 of Star Trek Lower Decks coming September 7th, Yes, and they've continued with the theme of the original series movie posters, if you look at seasons one, two, and three, they're exactly like Star Trek the Motion Picture, Star Trek Two, Star Trek Three. This is just like Star Trek Four. And in the description it said, and nothing really to do with whales. <laughs> so I, I'm looking forward to that. You know, I kinda hope they continue to bring Riker and Troy from the Titan in on it because he's just so awesome. You know, the, the way they let his character be in Lower Decks is just awesome. From the quick shots in the previews, it looks like we will get Grand Negus, Rom, and Lita in yes. an episode yes. at some point. So I'm hoping they go back uh, to Deep Space Nine a few times or, or yeah. around the DS9 universe, uh, section of the universe anyway. Um, also, as a note... Something that you would think funny, uh, Farva. You remember the later seasons of TNG when Dr. Crusher and Counselor Troy were doing their workouts in the spandex? Yes. There happened to be a quick shot where it was Shax and Commander Ransom in those uniforms <laughs> doing a workout. <laughs> Pretty much the same as that. Howard's like, what are you talking about? You'll find out. It's like Rick day. and Morty, but with Star Trek. Yeah. And, and who? Nice. So as as you know, that's the lower decks communicator right mm-hmm. here. Also, something I wasn't a hundred percent stoked about or really got all amped up about, but they had an extended teaser scene. From Star Trek Discovery, the final season, the fifth and final season. That yeah. would be coming early 24. Honestly, I'm surprised she, uh, as in Michael Burnham, the lead character, didn't start crying during the scene. She cries all the time. Yeah. Yeah. I, so, you know, you know, Discovery just never really took off with me. It's just... Uh, it's almost like the Kelvin timeline. It just, in some ways, it's cool. It hits some notes, but I'm still part of that. I like that TNG esque era of the continuation from there. Howard, how do you feel about it? That's probably fighting words for you. Oh, I mean, I, I'm sure that when he says there are parts of it that are good, he's talking about the lens flares, the entire plot of Into Darkness, you know. 
all of that good stuff. Oh, definitely. So. The, the Darkness movie was good. You know, it was actually really enjoyable. I'm just, I'm just saying, Kelvin Timeline's just not my favorite. Would you, would you say, uh, Farva, that it was better than Wrath of Khan? Yes. <laughs> uh, Alex, I'll take. Lying bastard for a thousand. No, no. Rathacon was good. Good for its era. Okay. Lying but, sack. No, I'm not a lying sack. Like sir. A I am not bag. a lying sack. Okay. But Into the Darkness with uh, Benjamin uh, Cumberbatch, you know, and the the way it went about it was it was a really good movie and I enjoyed it a lot more than I enjoyed the Wrath of Khan. Both are still excellent movies. And if not for the Wrath of Khan, we wouldn't progress into the Star Trek movies and into the series. Am I right, Mr. Mr. Kidder? <sighs> yep. The, yep. the Kelvin movies happened, but I th also yep. think there's a reason that it's been seven years since the last one came out. Exactly. Whereas TNG still pops up and still sells. I told you this was going to be a good show. <laughs> uh, anytime you get the whole Trekkies to kind of battle it out, it's it's a good day. It's a good day. <laughs> uh, there's no battling. He's just pandering to your ignorance. <laughs> Plus, what can we not say about the Miranda class ship? I mean, that is just, it's like the Ford pickup truck of, you know, Star Trek. <laughs> Classic. Yeah. Classic. What else was there? Um, no news about the Section 31 movie with Michelle Yeoh, but apparently there has been time set aside to begin shooting said movie. So I hope that doesn't suck. Yeah. You know, I wonder if... Uh, We'll get another TNG era movie. I know that uh, Patrick Stewart said he would like to do another movie following the the ending of Picard season three, the series finale, which was, by the way, season three of Picard was just awesome. Um, and the last episode was just phenomenal. I almost wonder, <clears throat> is there anything that needs to be done aside from remove seasons one and two of Picard from the universe? I agreed with you agreed um i would say it would be nice to kind of see them trail off i would love to see a ds9 movie where we get back some of them because ds9 one of the more it, it's gotten its following since its uh, end of production but during its production it, it didn't have the same vaunting until the very end of the series with the dominion war and then you know voyager has had a lot more post their TV show compared to DS9. So it'd be really nice to bring the DS9 era on the full onto the full scale. You know, see what really happens to Benjamin Cisco. Does he come back or does he not? Now there's even talk and there's rumors floating mm -hmm. about Star Trek Legacy, the series. Yeah. And that would take place after season three of Picard with Seven of Nine in command of mm -hmm. the Enterprise and <clears throat> the rest of the crew joining on and going about the universe and experiencing and exploring that uh, 
crowd-backed petition apparently has quite a bit of emphasis and interest. I'll be honest, Star Trek Legacy, I did I did know about that. Um, Legacy would be fine. I would be good with it. It's continuing of the story. Um, Jerry Ryan does a great job in her role as a uh, seven of nine. Um, I, you know, the only thing is, is, uh, you know, you know, you had Picard's son there, Jack Crusher, you know, he's just like a special envoy, you know, that'd be the only thing that would really, I would like to see tied up to something more than just, he sits up front and, you know, he's a, a Lieutenant, you know, or an ensign. So I just pulled it up. It's the petition on change.org and currently has, 61,158 signatures. Hey, that's a lot. I'm looking up the Strange New Worlds petition because the same thing happened after Captain Pike, uh, i.e. Anson Mount, was on season two of Discovery. Well, what happened? There were only 30,066 signatures, and they made that into a series, which was one of the highest rated premieres of any television series that's out there. In fact, I think the first episode or first season still has a 99% rating with Rotten Tomatoes. Well, that's because it, in, in the Star Trek, you know, franchise, it, it doesn't matter which era you go with. Um, it's just to tell a story, you know, the geopolitical references, you know, they, they don't they don't need to be that front and center, so to speak. And I think one of the problems is that, you know, when you make it about politics, when you make it about things that are not truly what it is in essence about science and exploration and and the whole encompassing, uh, that's why a series fails. That's why um, Voyager was good. That's why DS9 was good. TNG, the original series. And then, of course, you know, you have Strange New Worlds. It goes back to that more traditional point of what Star Trek is supposed to be about. And like you said, forget seasons one and two of Picard. You know, while it was good to catch a couple of uh, old old favorites, you know, like Hugh, seeing him was, was awesome. You know, uh, understanding that the, you know, what happened really happened to the Romulans, you know, with the supernova taking out Romulus. Cool, great, but it really was just kind of like it didn't feel like Star Trek. It felt like something else. Yeah, because the Romulans are trying to infiltrate Federation security and a Federation admiral is in on it. Yeah. Yeah. But well, then we had, we had to go off to the side and like, oh, the, there's the Borg too, because we got to throw them in there. Right. Which pick, pick one. Yeah, well, not only that, it's like, okay, um, you know, when you look at season three of Picard, I mean, when you looked at it, you're like, okay, so we finally get to see just how, you know, just, you know, what it's like outside of a starship, right, where they had all the buildings and advertised, and of course, a good old placement of quarks, bars, you know, but they brought in many different species from that era, whereas like in the first two seasons, it was only like, Oh, it's only human, Vulcan, Romulan, you know, and Android. That was it. There's really no other, you know, species where Star Trek's known to have a bunch of crazy looking peoples. It's good stuff. It is. I like it. I did. I did. Um, 
good news on Strange New Worlds. And uh, to be honest, I'm kind of excited to see the new episode that came out today. Because I know it's, uh, if I'm not mistaken, or it came out the other day, but it's a crossover. That was the other one, is that the breaking news from this afternoon that the new episode, which was sneak premiered at the San Diego Comic-Con, would be premiered early on Paramount Plus. So watch that not too long ago before we came down to do this. And uh, I was laughing a lot during the episode. Bradford always seems to do it. It's good. Good. It's really Howard good. Over here so is hopefully Howard over here is like, oh, what are we doing? You know, boop 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 boop. Typical Howard. Yeah. Something about Star Wars and X-Wings. <sighs> but no, it's it uh, like that, that joke from, from King of the Hill where Bobby's showing them something through the glass and Hank goes, those kids would be offended if they knew how to read. It says, uh, you know, Oh, the principal. Oh yeah. yeah. It's like Star Wars matters. Yeah. <laughs> No, it's carry on, carry on. No, uh, you know, I really genuinely hope that uh, Paramount, because I know they're canceling a bunch of shows. I know they're, you know, they're, they're dwindling some things down. I just hope that they keep building up lower decks because it really is a great show. Definitely fits in the timelines, you know, um, with a good amount of humor. But I'd like to see like Star Trek Legacy or, uh, you know, sort of movie you know or continuation of the ds9 you know franchise it's where it's at ds9 it's where it's at need to continue carry Mm -hmm. that on yeah except for they're gonna have to find somebody to play nog though yeah i i don't know if we need somebody to replace nog or just say Uh, he Right them out of the show. The the original idea for from the writers, if you watch the what we left behind, I did where they where he blew up on the Defiant after he came through the wormhole. Mm-hmm. So so I mean they wrote him out of season eight, and that was when uh, poor Aaron was still alive. So I mean there could be a, a way where they could make it happen. Yeah, you know, I still have the the model of the Defiant that I haven't built yet. Oh yeah, you were going to talk to uh, Howard about that. I did talk to him about that. Oh, did you? I did. Well, Howard, what did you have to say? He nothing because he's muted. <laughs> that that explains some things. Um, uh, my exact phrasing to him would be uh because he asked me you know got this in the mail don't know if i should open or leave it in the box i said well if you're gonna take it out and assemble it and enjoy doing so then you should if you're like kidder then you will keep it in the package for ease of dusting and the possibility of it being worth a fortune someday in my experience most model kits do not tend to go up in value with age that's what I told him. That is. So 
I, I, he didn't. He didn't res- tell me though what he was going to do though. You know, so. I, and I apologize. I got busy, so you know, I still have it here, not even out of the plastic wrap. But uh, I'm probably going to build it. I'm going to build it tomorrow, actually. Be good. Be good. I'm I'm working on because I realized I was muted. I uh, I got a couple of these Bandai model kits, so work on the X-wing. Ooh, you got the Japanese one too, because I saw the rotten on the bottom. Yeah, it is. Um, there was a great clip in uh, last week's episode of me trying to find the instructions to do this, and they're they're, they're on the inside. Oh, nice of the box. Um, so I'm working on that. But uh, since I'm talking models, I've uh, I've mentioned a couple of times, both on this show and in my Howard's Team of Wonder stuff, that I have a there's a Star Wars model kit that I have been looking for and that I've wanted to get back. It was a model kit that I was given it uh, by my parents as a kid, and I started working on it. And I think they just kind of came to the conclusion that I wasn't ready for it, and so it got put away, and it has since been lost. Yeah, and uh, I brought it up just on um, a couple of episodes ago when we were talking with JS, and uh, when that came up, I was like, "I really should look for it, gentlemen." Yeah. I got it. Nice. Yeah. Nice. I found it. Rebel base. Yep, complete with. Millennium Falcon and snow speeders and X wings. There's the the picture of what this thing looks like. Nice. So, yeah, was able to find it on eBay. Still in the wrap and such. So, one of these days, I'll break that out and make your first million. (laughs) No, because even then, those weren't going for all that much so in fact kidder this might be disappointing this cost me about what it would actually cost me less than the actual uh semi truck and trailer project that i originally looked at before i found that 20 dollars sinclair kit so i i got that kit for 60 the semi truck and trailer was like 80 to 90. So that what 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 is that? Is the Star Wars Rebel base? Yep. I'm looking forward to it. It'll be fun. It looks like it'd be a fun build, especially you can put battle damage and wear and tear on things. Well, and getting to paint the Millennium Falcon is, you know, for me is a cool thing. It's rare and it's vintage. It's from 1992, and it's 70 bucks. Yeah. So, I'll get to it. Fine, though. Yeah, but no, I'm I'm trying out these uh yeah these Bandai Star Wars kits, and they're kind of interesting. They don't require glue; they just like clip into place real well. Um, but that I, I will say this: if anybody is ever interested in doing this, the level of detail on this is just friggin' nuts. I mean, I'll try and put it up and. We'll see wow. if my camera can even focus on it. No, but I can kind of see like it actually has like the lines cut and actually shows like where all the little uh yeah, there you know, we go poses, lines and everything for the generators are on. Well, that's R two D two right there. That little no, I saw the bulb is, but behind it I can actually see. Oh yeah, 
it's incredibly detailed all the paneling and and such it's it's friggin awesome in that case so and then um so i have that one and then i have a pair of tie fighters to do so nice yeah so super excited about that super excited about that I'll be working on that throughout the night. <clears throat> Gentlemen, one of the things I wanted to talk about, and it's it's kind of the reason why we have Farva on here, and it's 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 a thing of I, I've seen this, uh it's being posted on by Farva on Facebook, a couple of other friends, and uh it's a hashtag that's hashtag free Mador. And for those who maybe uh remember the one of the early episodes or the first episode where Farva was on uh, Mador is or was Farva's uh, dog when he was a canine uh, handler officer. And so I, I thought it'd be good to have Farva on to actually talk about what is going on and what is the situation and, and all of that and maybe maybe spread some awareness of this uh, this of what's going on. So I'll, I'll pass it over to Farva to kind of share the, the story. Well, thanks. Thanks, Howard. So um part of my life changes in the last uh, we'll just call it a couple months uh i was at one agency where i was a field supervisor and a, a canine handler you know canine officer um Medora was my my canine that uh i've been partnered with for gosh close to seven years we were a team uh and you know he's turning eight years old as of today it'll be like in a couple weeks or less than a couple weeks actually like um and so with that normally canines are retired anywhere from six to ten years old and i'm sure kidder can verify that's a pretty accurate claim uh you know um as you know dogs age just like humans we we start to break down and unfortunately unlike a car uh, a firearm or any other kind of tool you know it's not like you can just replace the part and let it keep working um Last year, uh, I had asked, you know, uh, about Medora's retirement, and I was kind of under the impression that if, you know, based on his age, if I, you know, I left, that, um, you know, I could adopt Medora, get or have Medora, you know. Um, as soon as uh, my agency was aware that I was applying to other jobs, uh, in particular to a, another law enforcement agency. Uh, that's when I got pulled aside and, and got told to, you know, I misunderstood what I was told or maybe I, I misinterpreted whatever, but that the door was going to stay. Um, and I even mentioned that I would, you know, get a loan to buy him out. And I was rejected from that uh, ability. Um, and then about after I turned in a two weeks, uh, notice, you know, a resignation letter, you know, trying to be a good, you know, professional person. On top of that, I put a letter to request to adopt him, you know, listing out reasons why he, uh, I would need, wanted to adopt him, you know, the benefit of the department because of his age, it'd be better to retire him and, you know, all that. I was uh, flatly told, no, he's staying. So uh, the day before I left the agency, and I'll be honest, yes, you know, I was, uh, it was actually uh, May 18th because um, I started my new job on the 22nd. So literally the 
the following, you know, I, 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 my last day was the 19th of May, which was a Friday. I started my new job on the, that following Monday, the 22nd. So on May 18th, I turned them in um, to the police department. And that was the last time I physically saw them. And uh, it's been heartbreaking. Uh, and I know Kidder and I have talked a little bit about it. I know you, uh, Howard, you and Kidder have seen my Facebook and you definitely can know that uh, it's been tough. Um, I miss I miss my homie. You know, when you have a, a canine as a partner, like I discussed, I think we discussed about it when I, when I first came on. It's a different uh, type of job in, in law enforcement. And this dog, minus a few times, has been with me 24-7, 365. You know, work and home everywhere. And, uh, you know, it's uh, it's been rough. But a lot of my friends and colleagues down here, they don't agree with the department's decision. Uh, someone I work with, she's uh, she was a, a supervisor with me. She came up with the hashtag free Midor. That was her hashtag that she made for this. So uh, it's been used. And uh, and then one of the uh, people I used to work a lot with on the street that uh, used Midor and I a lot to, you know, assist in investigations, he, uh, he got out of law enforcement and he has his own social media platform, uh, Lone Star Fugitive Hunters. In case anybody wants to see it, it's kind of like... Uh, it's he does a uh, bail enforcement, but it's like uh, legit stuff, not like a dog to bounty hunter or anything crazy like that. No offense to Dwayne Chapman or anything, but uh, he put it out hashtag free Medor, call shirts PD. You know, oh crap, I probably shouldn't have said that. Uh, call my old agency and then uh, you know, uh, let them know to retire Medor, and uh, they did it on their own free will. And it uh, it actually gained a lot of traction. Someone sent it uh, that stuff to a news channel here in San Antonio, where I'm at. And uh, yesterday, I did an interview actually uh, about Medor and I, and just wanting to get them back. Well, I, I'm sorry you're going through this, but I'm, I'm glad to hear that there's some traction going with it. So. Yeah. Yeah, it was, uh, it was good. Um, you know, I just kind of hope that, uh, that maybe the PD will do the right thing now after the fact and just realize that there are many other ways to keep a canine program going. Uh, utilizing an eight-year-old dog, I mean, how much more time are you expecting to get out of this dog, you know? Uh, I guarantee you the dog's depressed. I guarantee you Medor's depressed. He's probably got anxiety and he's probably shut down. So it's very unlikely he'll even work for somebody else. Yeah. And, you know, and it's it's weird because it it doesn't seem like there's always this issue with retiring police dogs. It, you know? It generally isn't. Um one of the one of the things is I think you know, and I can't, I, only, the only person that truly understands this or knows this is going to be um, the chief of that, of my former agency. He would be the one that would be the only one that explained why he's doing this. I have my theories. I think that there is, the department's in a lot of issues right now. Uh, 
you know, they've had a massive amount of turnover. Um, you know, uh, we're not talking just like one or two officers have left the agency. We're talking double digits have left the agency. And, and you know, when you're a size of uh, like uh, the North Dakota Highway Patrol, you know, that's not going to hurt you as much. But when you're an agency less than 100 people and better get less than 60, that those double digits can really have far-reaching effects. And then I don't know, is there, because again, I'm not as familiar with kind of the whole police situation, but is there like anyone above the chief that you could appeal to and, and try to there, there force is, the stand? There is, that would be the city manager. Cause you know, in city government, you know, uh, the department heads, you know, like chief head of public works, you know, whatever they report to the city manager and the city manager reports to the mayor and city council. That's how most local government works. Um, you know, even in North Dakota, it's very similar. Um, I could appeal to the city manager. The only problem is that city manager may not may not necessarily have the full information or ability to understand it because it is a piece of property. Unfortunately, even though I never treated Medor like that, I never viewed him in that manner. Um, he is no different than a computer or a car owned by the government. That is how they are viewed. Yeah, and unfortunately, there tends to be a lot of rules about government property and, and disposal. Um, just as an example, example from my world, because I'm, I'm state here in North Dakota, mm -hmm. uh, we, we've been doing this big renovation project on the 1883 Sussman County Courthouse. I know, I saw our friends, uh, Yeah, our, it's looking great. Our friends group wanted to, to um, they were pulling nails out of the dumpster that we were, as we were doing this. So mm -hmm. nails that were authentic to the building and they wanted to take and sell them and try and raise funds for future projects. And I, I had to be, unfortunately, the one that said, no, you can't do that because it's technically those nails are state property. Yeah. And so if we were going to sell them, we'd have to send them to state surplus, you know, and you would yeah. have to get them from them. But, you know, even though we wouldn't, you know, like, truthfully, they're just trash. Yeah. yeah. It, yeah. And, no. and, and we're fortunate that Texas actually does have a, um, they do actually have a, a law that allows dogs to be adopted by their handlers. They don't actually have to be paid for. When you retire the canine, you can sign over adoption work to the handler. So in that aspect, you know, um, it's not a, it's not even really just uh, having to go through the proper channels to get them adopted. It is, this is literally being a command decision made by the department to continue to use Medor in his official purpose. Yeah. And, and have they assigned a handler to him? Is he actually out nope. patrolling or? Nope. He is sitting at an administrator's house since the day I turned him in. He has not worked. He has not trained. He has not been assigned to anybody. So they're, they're really just kind of holding him so you can't get him. 
Yeah, it would appear that way. I know I can say that and you can't. So <laughs> you guys can say whatever you want to me. I'm, uh, I, I mean, so here's a question. Okay. I obviously somewhat know some of the pieces of it, but mm-hmm. what, what does a canine have to do daily, weekly, monthly for, Training certifications, experience, etc., as a an in-service canine. Absolutely. Well, so it's a two-part uh, it's a two-part thing. So um, the dog by itself is not part of the. It, it's it takes a dog handler, the human component, and the dog together to be a team to be certified. Um, and in that certification is only good for that handler and that dog together only. So I can't, you know, I couldn't go work another dog on the street unless I was certified with that dog to work on or her, right? Uh, the dogs themselves, I mean, you know, these dogs are selected generally as puppies to become working dogs. You know, they're, they're bred to be what they do. Um, and it takes a while. To get that you know it takes a couple months to build them up and then you know for me it was one month um with Medor when we initially trained up just me coming in at the end learning how to work him you know um i didn't get a green dog that's where they're not trained and you train them up throughout the process i got him where they trained him up to find dope uh to track because our mission was narcotics and tracking and um, I came in and basically learned how to work him and they told me, here's what he's trained to do. Here's how you need to do it in order to work him. And then, uh, we would go for our test basically, which is to demonstrate proficiency and the capabilities of us being a team. And then, uh, from there, um, we actually went and got accredited by a national certification demonstrating the same thing. Um, and to keep those certificates active, to keep those accreditations valid, um, you have to do minimum training per month. There's no maximum, but there is a minimum. Uh, currently, right now, uh, the courts say 16 hours a month is the minimum you have to train with your dog. Uh, so I broke it down to four-hour blocks every week because doing one day of 16 hours in training, yeah, that dog's going to shut down. You know, no one wants to sit there and work 16 hours, you know. So I broke it to four hours every week. Um, and I'd work with other canine teams, so we'd train together. Um, and it was a – it's a lot of work. I mean, it's a lot of time off. It's, it's not just when you're on duty. It's a lot of times done when you're off duty, you know, having to do things on your days off. A lot of paperwork, a lot of record keeping, a lot of report writing, because every time you use that dog, you have to document it. You know, you can't just say, oh, I used them. You know, we're good. (laughs) You actually got to write things out and explain why the dog was utilized, what led up to the dog being called, that sort of thing. And uh, once uh, I no longer became Medor's handler, he's no longer uh, a certified dog. And mind you, we had two certifications on me and Medor that I paid for. Uh, it was out of my own pocket. Um, one was from one national agency. Another was from another national agency accreditations. And once you cease to be a team, 
the dog is maybe trained, but oops, sorry, camera failure. Uh, the dog may be trained. Wonderful, two in a row. Nope. Uh, sorry, guys. I really do apologize. Sir, we can edit. Sir, sir I we have to ask. Really we're floored by that information. Yeah. Uh, here I was gonna go. Sir, I, sir, I have to ask you. Have you been, have you been drinking this the, evening? I just slammed the camera down. Anyway, um, no. The uh, the dog is trained, but it, it it can't. No one can just go pick them up and start working them. And the thing is, is that even if you kind of know what you're doing, you got to be careful because you may do something that might lead him into bad habits, you know? So it, it's right now to get Medor back on the street. They're going to not only have to select someone, but they're going to have to send them off to basically school to learn how to, uh, you know, do the job itself. And, you know, he's been out of the game for a couple months. So there's a high chance that he himself needs to probably get brushed up. And that's assuming he'll still work. There's, you know, there's no guarantee that he'll still work. Any one of us here have had pets, you know. Um, animals have behaviors. They have, you know, they have quirks. They have attitudes. You know, and a working dog is no different. Um, you know, they have, uh, they have emotions. Granted, they may not be the same, as uh as me or you but they do have emotions they do have some quirks gents i'll be right back in one minute i think my dog escaped in the front yard <laughs> <laughs> so you get a quick intermission while i go take care of this dog from yeah well you know the dog that's making all the noises? As we're talking, my front camera is going off, and I see him just walking by the by the car on the driveway. And yeah, he's he's special. Anyway, uh, back to it. God, you can tell I just love dogs, right? Um, <laughs> so the thing is, is that the the canine in and of itself. I mean, they're they're looking to spend a lot of money, time, and effort to try to revamp this eight-year-old German Shepherd. That's the best way to put it for those not in, in the working dog community. That, I mean, there's more to that than I ever really realized. And that said, I mean, the closest I ever get to law enforcement is talking to you. So, I mean, yeah. that, you know. Well, it's, it, you know, it's, it's a lot of work. I mean, it's, it's one of the most highest liability positions in law enforcement. Um, you know, you know, when you're in SWAT or any kind of like, you know, bomb, you know, bomb, bomb squad, you know, yeah, your, your mission is dangerous. You're doing dangerous things, but when you're done, you're done, you know, you move on to the next call or you go home in canine that dog's with you 24 seven. So if you fight somebody, if he gets lost or missing, hurt, injured, you know, uh, sick, you're responsible and you're going to have to answer to a lot of people as to what happened and why are we, why are we there at that moment? You know, and plenty of uh, canine handlers have lost their jobs, have been charged criminally for being just negligent, not even intentional, just being negligent, you know? 
And I know Kidder yeah. has probably seen some of those things on the uh, interwebs in our in our profession, you know? Yep. Yep. So are there a lot of people who do the actual canine handling? Like, I, I guess I, ju I don't know, like, is this something that, like, every department has a canine unit no. or tries to have one? Or is it kind of actually almost fairly rare for there to be a canine unit? So there's definitely more canine units now than there were, say, 20 years ago. Um, but there's still not many. Um, not every agency will have one. Um, and not every agency will have more than one in their department. So like um, the agency I work now has one dog, okay? Um, when I was at my previous agency, I was the only handler. And mind you, this was a city the size of Grand Forks back when we all started college and, you know, 50-ish thousand people and it was just me, you know? Um, El Forco Grande now, I think, has two or three police service dogs or canines, you know. Um, but you go out towards Devil's Lake, guarantee you Devil's Lake doesn't have anything. Uh, generally, your more rural areas will not have them because there are they're, they're costs with it. Uh, you know, Bismarck PD does have canines, but also look that it has the state capitol building and all the governmental offices. So... There's reasons to have certain types of canines, but, uh, you know, wouldn't be shocked if across the river, Mandan doesn't have one. And I don't know if they do or don't, but I'm just saying it wouldn't be shocking if they did. You know, um, it, it's, it's, a, it's a lot of resources and a lot of uh, manpower to do so. So, um, and there's liability. I mean, the, the canines, oh wait, oh, Fact checking, uh, Kidder is going to check and see if Mandan <laughs> Mandan has one. One, okay. Well, still, but but Howard, the thing is, is that canines in and of themselves, the amount of canine officers in the United States is probably less than two thousand. And mind okay. you, there's eight hundred thousand, approximately eight hundred thousand total law enforcement officers in the united states that's including the fbi border patrol nypd everybody me included so i to me and to me that's interesting because i think i've seen like enough like cop things like i mean everything from cop dramas to mm -hmm. cops to you know youtube clips and things like that and it just always makes it seem like and we'll call the dogs out you know we're calling oh, the yeah. dog and it just it just seems like it's a very like oh yeah everybody's you know every department's got a dog this is like there's a city that uh there's two cities that at my old agency where i worked with that had no canines one was like a city of five thousand the other one was like about twenty thousand people they had no canines you know um but then there was a city of only like three thousand or so and has a canine. So it, 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 it all depends on the agency and what they can afford and what, what they want with their mission. But usually when they say we'll call dog, they'll call another agency in the area, you know? So like in North Dakota, Highway Patrol, I know has some canines. Um, six. Thank you. Thank you, Mr. Kidder. Uh, <laughs> they got six, but, you know. Narcotic canines. canines and two search canines. Yeah, 
There you go. Uh, but those canines could be called for North for North Dakota Highway Patrol can be called anywhere in the state, but their assigned region, they're available to everyone in that region. So usually there's a lot of call what's mutual aid, which is when someone requests the services of another department or agency, they they request it. That's mutual assistance. So yeah. well let me let me ask uh, just I got two more questions. I think they're fairly simple. So Farm, mm -hmm. I'm just curious, uh you know, would you ever be a canine handler again? Like if the opportunity came up for you to do it again, would you? You know, I absolutely would because I enjoyed my time as a canine handler. I would never change it. Um, yeah. Howard Jr., how you doing, bud? Yeah. Oh my god. Your shark is there. Yeah, Junior's joining me for a little bit while little miss gets put down. Good night. Oh. <laughs> uh, you know, I absolutely would. Uh, Go ahead, Farva. You're, oh, you're fine. Nice. <laughs> uh, no, I absolutely would, but I would uh I would be respectful of the fact that if someone else who's never done it wanted to do it, I would let them have the opportunity because the last thing I'd want to do is take away opportunities from others, you know, um, trying to be respectful, but I would love to do it again. But then again, I kind of want to move up too and kind of want to get the chief stars on the callers. I, I kind of want to move up in the ring. Understandable. And then I guess my, my last kind of question on it is just, is there anything that anybody can do to help in this whole situation to get Medor free? I mean, I, you know, is, is there somebody hears this and they go, man, I, w I wish I could, could help make this happen, you know, and, and help Farva be reunited with his partner. Is there anything I can do? You know, if anybody wanted to do anything and, you know, I'll take any help I can get because ultimately I just want my partner back. You know, I just want him to retire and enjoy the last time he has, you know, however many years it may be, but, you know, just enjoy being a couch potato and enjoy just being a, a family pet. Uh, they can do it by contacting the city of shirts or the, uh, shirts police department. Um, you know, you can do it on their social media pages or you can call their non-emergency number. Uh, the only thing I'd ask is if anybody does, please be nice and respectful to the people answering the phones. They're not the ones that made that decision. They're usually the administrative clerks or, you know, you know, technicians. They're not, they're not the one that made this decision. So just explain your you know, your thoughts on the matter and uh, let it be known and just tell them that you want to have Medor retired and given to his former handler, uh, Jason Hanley. That's it. Um, and if you do that, I'll take it. I'll be much appreciated and, and be a debt of gratitude to anybody who does. But all I ask is just be respectful to those that answer the phone because uh, we, we play a high class. We take the high road. And we're not going to be mean, vile, or nasty. We're going to just clearly state what we want and what we feel. Well, I, I hope 
you know, that this situation gets resolved. You know, this is, it's, I, you know, I, I get the the mentality that, a, you know, a canine unit in this case is, is property and a tool. But at the same time, you know, this has been your partner for several years and a part of the family. And, you know, you deserve to have Mador back. Yeah. So... Absolutely. I'm pulling for you. I'm hoping that this all resolves. Me too. And, you know, I'm hoping that uh, they'll come to their senses. Like I said, I had an interview yesterday with the local news station here in San Antonio. And uh, they, they, they ultimately, they, they want to get that story out too. I'm hoping it'll be out in the near future so that it'll further bring awareness and maybe change some minds and opinions at my former agency to maybe do the right thing and let this be. I, I, I had to laugh. I, I have myself on mute because, you know, Junior's asking questions. Yeah. But, but and you, you didn't get to hear it, but he did say, you know, give him back to the him. <laughs> <So>. <laughs> Thank you, Junior. Uh, oh, you uh, won. Yeah, that's, that's Mador. I'm showing him. I have some photos of Mador oh, pulled up. So he's getting to see him. So that's that that's Mador Jr. So that's who Farva's trying to get back. His dog. Okay. Well, Junior's joining me. It, it's the family, as I said, they went to Sleepy Hollow to the musical. And yeah. so Lefty is putting down Little Miss, and I decided that, you know, instead of trying to put down Little Miss and Junior, that Junior could join us on the show here for a little bit because we were oh, talking about the podcast. And it's almost been like a hundred episodes since his last appearance on the show. So, because he was on episode 25 and we're on to episode 122. So, it's been a while. Just so, a wee bit. Yeah. But, but how was the show? How was the show, Junior? Did you like it? Yeah. Was it good? Mm-hmm. Did you have fun? Mm-hmm. Did you get to eat candy? Mm-mm. No. <laughs> it was, was Willy Wonka and the Chocolate sleep, Factory. Like <laughs> Yeah, the the show was uh, Charlie and the Chocolate Factory. Mm. So, but glad you had fun. Mm. Yeah. Well, I Why? Because I had to do the show. So, Dad had other responsibilities. In, in fact, speaking of responsibilities, I got a fun story. I think you'll even like this story. So. I got to call in an incident uh, just just yesterday. Uh, what what happened was um, I had to leave work, and it was because Junior here had an appointment for speech therapy, and it got set up at the same time that my wife had her eye doctor appointment. Right. So so I said, you know what? I'll I'll help out. I'll come and supervise Junior at therapy, and then take him home. And she could go to her appointment. Yeah. So, so I'm walking out of the, the Heritage Center, and I'm there's kind of two parking lots where, where staff parks. There's one by the loading dock, and then a ways away, uh, down by the old uh, State Water Commission building, is another parking lot. And I usually park down there because there's a nice walk through the trees. It's very relaxing. I enjoy it. And so I'm, I'm walking my way there, and I, I hear... 
from because from down there you can look up the hill is the main parking lot for the heritage center for all of our visitors you stick your tongue out on camera <laughs> you're making it interesting <laughs> and uh i hear the sound of this revving car engine like someone like gunning it and i look up at the parking lot and i i see this silver suv and up in that parking lot right now we have capital shakespeare going on we have kind of an outdoor amphitheater that's right below that parking lot and there's right. a up. that's where capital shakespeare is happening uh because capital shakespeare happens while the building is closed uh they have to bring in a couple of porta potties or as junior likes to call them, junior hey what do you call a porta potty e. what is it Icky. An icky potty? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> There's a couple of those up there. And so I look up and I see these this silver SUV heading directly at these porta potties. And I'm like, oh no. It's gonna hit them. <laughs> and the, the the whoever was driving, they didn't hit the brakes. They literally rammed these things. It had, you know, there's two porta potties and a wash station, and like the wash station exploded, and it was like water everywhere. And I was like, "Well, uh, okay. I hope nobody got hurt." And I start making my way up the hill, you know, to to make sure everybody's okay with this. And uh, the person driving the SUV starts taking off. I'm like, "God, great!" I get on my phone. I start looking up the number for heritage center security because we have cameras everywhere yeah. and, um, you know they could catch it we also have uh located within the heritage center uh basement we also have a uh capital highway patrol unit <laughs> stationed with us so it's like they're right there they might need to start calling them letting them know the the driver of this suv goes ripping out of the parking lot and starts heading down uh, State Street, heading south. And I mean, they're still driving erratically. Like, they stopped. Like, and I mean, when they stopped, they slammed on the brakes, stopped in the middle of State Street. Hmm. Luckily, nobody else was there. Um, but I, I called security. I didn't get up there fast enough to grab a license plate or anything like that. Luckily, nobody was in the porta potties and such. And uh, so I called security, and then I went and took you know got junior to his appointment and all of that and when i got back to the building i actually chatted with the guys at security i'm like so did you were you able to see it on camera oh yeah they're like we got it unfortunately he's got a temp tag it's a newly bought car so no actual license plate on this thing <laughs> so nothing they can do there but you watch the security footage of it and you literally watch this car come in go right around where our atrium is and just beeline all the way just directly across the parking lot into these things you know it was like intent like they were gunning for these things and uh yeah so that was my fun uh bit of the day it was getting to call in that somebody had crashed their vehicle into a pair of porta potties they're almost like a turd burglar. Like you think? Yeah. Uh, luckily, one of our uh, head of security actually knows uh, the owners of Spiffy Biff. 
who are the people yeah. who brought these like he knows them personally so he was like well we'll give him a call and let him know and uh they i think came and switched out the porta potties that were there so but fun and excitement mm -hmm. the things that she sounds like a sounds like an, a, an exploding good time there howard mm-hmm 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 it uh it was definitely interesting and uh with that gents i'm out i don't know if everybody else is out i'm, I'm ready for round good. two I'm still hanging in there kidder you up for round two? Oh, i'm i'm empty yeah so you know okay <clears throat> I, I figured what do you got well kidders I, I i felt bad that i was getting a beer solely because farva was here and I'm just representing Farva. So I, I got a beer to represent you, too. Oh, boy. Yep. Uh, because it's a hot day, Kidder. And I know you and your love of uh, yard work, especially on hot days. I, uh, I just could not pass up this uh, Lagunitas Maximus Colossal IPA. 9% mm -hmm. mm -hmm. alcohol by volume. There you go. Note, note, note. The big bold print on that, and not hidden on some website <laughs> like Farva's beer. Yeah, that's because uh, that's because they don't want people to know that it's really not uh doesn't really have alcohol in there. You know. Yeah. Uh, the description on this: Friends, Romans, countrymen, lend me your dog ears. Your insatiable quest for hops has led you here to our colossal take on a double IPA with a towering dry hop. Let's see, where was I? Uh, dry hop, bill full of hop aromas to the max, all balanced against tons of rich malted barley. You are facing the Titan. Are you not entertained? Life is uncertain. Don't sip. So that's the uh, description. Uh, it, it says on here, Robusticus Flavorous, and it says, for all the hop heads. So, uh, we, we all know Kidder's love of IPAs, and uh, we know just how much he's going to, uh, how much he would love to have one of these for himself. So, Kidder, this IPA is for you. Whoa. Yeah. <laughs> Did you fall out of her? I didn't even drink the beer yet. You're falling over. Mm -hmm. This is gonna be really bitter. Is what this beer is gonna be, buddy. Awesome. What is that? It's not good, is what it is. That is like overly sweet, and not in a good way. Ugh. Ugh. Yeah, I, he went to take care of his dogs, <clears throat> but oh, Kidder, I, I'm I'm sorry I mark mocked you with this because um, <clears throat> Karma's kind of coming back to bite me in the butt on this one. Uh huh. That's that's what you get. Yeah, that is. Ugh. Ah. That's not good. It's not good, Calvin. But it has green label ID. <laughs> you like it because it's got a green label? Mm-hmm. Mm. Mm. Yeah. 
Hey, what, what did you get to try and drink today? Did you try a sip of coffee? Mm -hmm. yeah. Oh, what kind of coffee did we have? Oh, was it a kind of icy, sugary, cold coffee? Yeah. Yeah. Were you bouncing off the walls this afternoon because of that? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, you were. Um, hey, get her. This is a one. Remember how we uh, we you gave me grief about like two weeks ago about how I don't rate things ones. This is a one. This is uh, this is not good. I usually like Lagosnitas, but I don't like this one, and I'm not going to enjoy drinking the rest of it. So I hope your round two is better than this. Well, it better be because I got it from you, and that would be Ams. The beer refreshing hams from the land of sky blue waters. Mm -hmm. I, like uh, I don't see anything really on here about much information. The ingredients are actually on here, though. This is a 12 ounce can, even though it looks like a pounder. No, wait, nope. That's the serving size. Hold on. They're lying to me. Uh, right. This is 4.7% alcohol by volume. It's water, barley malt, corn syrup, yeast, hops. Corn syrup is used as part of the brewing process only. Hams never uses high fructose corn syrup. It is a 16-ounce can. It is beer. It's recyclable aluminum. Hopefully the can anyway, not the beer. <laughs> it's Ham's Brewing Company, Milwaukee, Wisconsin, in the U.S. of A. And if you have any consumer questions, call them at 1-800-645-5376. 1-800-645-5376. Wow. I gave you a customer care number. That's pretty good. But do they care? Well, they probably care more than uh, Budweiser. Oh, I thought you were going to say your Texas light beer. Actually, you know what? <laughs> Is there a number on that? It says questions call 1-800-947-2278. No, they do. Hmm. It would be funny if it was the same number. It would be. It's not, obviously, but God, you would you would hope not, but <clears throat> well it is dot 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 refreshing. <laughs> not terrible. Solid three, I suppose. Thank you. Yep. Thank Solid three. So is hams like a, uh, is it made by like, a, it, I know it's ham beer, but is it like owned by like Anheuser or Miller? Or... Go. Well, let's take a look. It was first brewed in 1865 in Minnesota. Oh, there you go. The land of sky blue waters. Oh, I need to. 
Enter my date of birth. <clears throat> okay. Yeah. Let's uh, take a look. Here we go. Uh, again, the purest water, choices of barley, malt, grain, and hops with those ingredients I already labeled to you. Theodore Hams first arrived in St. Paul, Minnesota from his native Germany in 1856 with a clear, simple dream to create a quality American brew to be enjoyed by all. He did just that, and beer drinkers have enjoyed Hams ever since. It's surprisingly darn good. What Mr. Ham couldn't have known back then was that Hams, known far and wide as the beer, refreshing would eventually become one of the most iconic beers in American history brewed in the land of sky blue waters. Over a century later, Ham's, one of America's most beloved beers, is served all over the country. Ham's became even more of a household name thanks to its quirky advertising campaigns from the 1950s through the early 1980s. The most notable featuring uh, the Ham's Bear, you may be surprised to learn that he's simply called the bear. These days, hams is still brewed in true family tradition from the purest water and the choicest barley malt, grain, and hops. For you, we keep a light on and a door open to a land of sky blue waters. Happily yours, hams beer. Turns a fridge into a palace. Wow. That's uh that's some marketing genius right there. Makes me want to go out and buy hams. Well no, not to buy. All right. Junior's leaving the show. So oh, Uncle Mark's waving at you. Can we bye? Bye. Yeah. Bye. 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 All right, thanks for joining us on the show, buddy. You have a good night. You can also visit the Ham's web store. They even have a buy one, get one free on a gray bear hoodie, blue long sleeve t-shirt, and raglan bear tea mix and match. You can get a ham standing bear LED sign for 179 bucks. It's uh, almost two feet high. You know, that's not a, that's not a horrible price for a neon sign. How oh. about a, a Ham's beer bear handle tap? Wow, how you much can, does that cost? $62. Limit three per customer. <laughs> the tap system and keg not included. And in parentheses, it says dang. <laughs> Sounds like we need to get one of those for the local geek in his uh yes. his keg system. That is shop.hams.com. So far, I, I I noticed that you uh you might have been like are you working on your defiance now? Is that is that what I'm seeing? Uh did you lose a piece? No. <laughs> did you did you happen to drop the type nine shuttle out? Oh no! Oh, it was please. a type. It was a type three, so nobody cares. Barbara, I'm just gonna say I, I, I'm impressed. You were the first person to hobby with me on the show, so 
I, I appreciate it. I'm not hobbying alone for once. Yeah. Well, you know, multitask, gentlemen, multitask. Plus, who says I'm not hobbying? You yeah, have no idea plus, what I've been doing. <laughs> yeah. Plus, you, know what? you know what? It's a great time. I'm with my friends and we're having good times cracking jokes and doing what we would normally do if we if I, we were all up there together. Yep. Yep. All good times. Except good. I can control the beer that I get here. Won't disagree <laughs> with you there. I say that because of somebody else who happens to be across town from me. Mm. <laughs> oh, man. Sorry. This beer doesn't get any better. I was expecting like really bitter, really dry, really hoppy. And no, it's like none of those things. Oh, and that's like the person on the show who tends to be more of the IPA fan. Um, ugh. I, I, I'm not enjoying just wasn't this. Doing, just wasn't doing it for you. Oh, I, you know, I, as I said, I got it because it was something different. We haven't had a lot of Lagunitas on the show. Um, that would be interesting. And ugh, it's just uh, proving to not be good. Not good at all. Hey, speaking of, well, not good, just since we're, we're on that transition. Yeah. Uh, you know, every now and then I find or get suggested to me terrible products, right? Oh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I, I think I have uh, found or gotten the worst... Uh, product that I have ever brought up on this show, and that that's a that's saying something, you know, because I have have presented to you some just downright terrible things. But I think this one takes the cake, gentlemen. I present to you the weirdest and worst crossover ever, and it is. Oh, oh my God! Mountain oh. Dew Dew Dogs. All now, right. Before you, before you get too freaked out or upset, I have to ask: Did you find this from a legitimate retailer, or is it from Worst Buy or Lamrath? Or better yet, Mythical Kitchen. Mythical Kitchen. Because so, it seems like something that would be uh, in one of those. Uh, so, so here's the here's the truth. Uh, this came up in a uh, actually a a painting uh, group that I am in. Somebody had shared this. So, is this project an actual product? I don't know. I can't prove it that it is. It could be just a really, really, really good Photoshop. But at the same time, the fact that anybody created this or even had the idea or thought for this is pretty impressive. Well, you know, I'll say, and, you know, it is what it is. You know, 
Mountain Dew has been used in cooking before. Not saying I use it, but you know, it's not completely crazy, but it is quite funny. Like, who thinks of, hey, I'm gonna, I'm gonna make uh, hot dogs and have them be flavored and colored to look like Mountain Dew. Anyway, I saw that. I thought it'd be interesting. Thought it was worth sharing. So I'm busting your bubbles. It's not real. I, I I didn't really think it was, but you can boil brats and hot dogs with Mountain Dew, and it's supposed to be a good thing, though. Well, maybe we gotta try that. There is also <clears throat> an evil genius, according to this article, who does infuse Mountain Dew into hot dogs. The recipe also calls for a whole kernel corn, Velveeta cheese, Crisco, and crunched up Doritos. Those are mixed together and put into a hot dog. And it's um, very American for the 4th of July. This article was from 2016. So I don't know if it's still around or if he tried it and then died. I. <laughs> I'm not sure. That's more research than I feel like I need to do. Hmm. Interesting. Well, you know, as I said, it was just one of those things. I found it. Felt like I needed to share it. Kidder, mm. uh, you, you know, out of the two of us, uh, I? I tend to, to be more of the Mortal Kombat fan than you are. Farva, I don't know where you stand on Mortal Kombat, if you are a fan of the video game series or not. I am. I grew up on it. Uh, I'll be honest with you. There have been times when I have definitely said, finish him in fatality in that typical Mortal Kombat voice. May or may not have been uh, in perfect timing moments. Yeah, so... Uh, the the big kind of thing that everybody's been following it's kind of been the summer of Mortal Kombat because at the beginning of the summer, uh, NetherRealm Studios announced that they were going to be releasing uh, Mortal Kombat One uh, instead of Mortal Kombat Twelve. This is technically the twelfth Mortal Kombat. Yeah. Uh, but it, they what they're doing is they're rebooting the 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 story and we covered the story on a past episode. So if, if you want to hear the whole background story, then go watch that future. Howard yeah. will put a link up here or down the show notes to that episode. But the basic thing of it was at the end of mortal Kombat 11, we saw uh, Raiden give his abilities over to Liu Kang becoming the fire thunder. God Liu Kang. And he, basically now has the ability to rewrite time and we are getting the first of the Liu Kang new era. So it's a complete and total reboot of everything. Everything that we knew and all the storyline that we know is gone and done. And this is the world and the universe as shaped by Liu Kang. And so is this kind of one of those interesting things with the stories. Anyway, the thing that uh, makes this interesting with it is they've been slowly releasing bits and pieces of information. Um, we got, I've gotten to see the trailer. The trailer looks amazing. Um, 
just the graphics and such. It just looks great. But the newest thing that they just put out uh, is an image that is their first DLC pack that they are going to be doing. Um, and Kidder, I think you're going to be excited about this. This might be the thing to make you want to play Mortal Kombat. Oh, boy. Again. You ready? You ready? Sure. This has got some... It's got some characters, or at least a character, that I think you would enjoy playing. Here we go. So it was, this was a teaser image put out there that features Omni-Man, Homelander, and uh, <clears throat> I know it's a little hard to see him. Yeah. I only see two on the top. Is that... Why is there a missing... Like, there's a hole on the bottom, too. Yeah. Uh for the audio listeners who maybe aren't picking up on the joke, it is uh, none other than the peacekeeper as portrayed by one John Cena. Yeah. So also in this image is Quan Chi and I believe Ermac is on there. And I forget who the other guy on the end is but it looks like they're going with kind of a superhero uh lineup for that kind of because they've been doing all of these special guest appearances uh the last one was all um 80s action heroes so you had terminator and rambo uh along with alien and the predator don't forget robocop i think robocop was in one wasn't it Robocop was in this last set. Uh, before that, it was horror movie uh, ones. So you had like Freddy Krueger and Jason and and such. So th they're continuing that theme, but it looks like they're going with some superheroes. And we're getting, of course, Omni Man, Homelander, and Peacekeeper. So yeah, things to be excited for if you're excited about Mortal Kombat. So let's you know. You know, there's one game that never really changes is Mortal Kombat. It's it's got a, a stable platform. You know, it's always the same. It's tried and true. You know, it's actually changed a lot. And even from like nine, ten, and eleven, they keep changing. They keep fiddling with the system. Oh well, uh, yeah, no well, I mean it's just the genre itself. Mortal Kombat, we know we're gonna fight. We're gonna we're gonna take characters and we're gonna go into fights, you know. By the way, yeah. update on a uh, model fest. Here you go, Kidder. Getting there. I like it. You're uh, you're making better progress than I am uh, right now, but I also put mine away uh, when Junior came down because that just could have been a disaster. <laughs> little pieces and little fingers. No, Octavia. You know, I'm, I'll tell you another game that I am excited for coming out that it's still in its, uh, uh, still kind of in the development phase. I know there was some leaked footage, and I know that it, uh, it really ticked off uh, Rockstar Games. But Grand Theft Auto Six, yeah, uh, you know that one seems like that one has been in development for like ever. Well, the thing is with Rockstar and in. It's very true for any of their uh, their games. 
they focus a lot on quality over quantity. So instead of just throwing out a bunch of games at once, they focus on making sure that all the details are, are done, you know, so that when you get the game, there shouldn't be glitches. There shouldn't be uh, technical issues, you know, that the game should be fully functional as is when you get it, you know? Yeah. Oh, yeah. I, I, you know, they do an excellent job. I mean, don't get me wrong. I, my, I guess I, I only gripe because I never got into, uh, to five. Like I watched a lot of videos of Grand Theft Auto five being played and yeah. I didn't pick it up. Cause I was like, well, cause it, it, like the rumors about the time that I had money and maybe time to do it. Like all the rumors were like, ah, oh, they're going to be doing Grand Theft Auto six soon. And I'm like, well, maybe I just wait for six, you know? And then, you know, it's funny. They're still doing developments online for Grand Theft Auto five. So go figure that out. Right. I mean, I mean, it's, so it's like, you know, it's, it's kind of been one of those where I've just kind of been thrown off by like, huh? Uh, you could have purchased it and finished it by now. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you know, life got busy. Yeah. But I'm, I'm kind of interested to see, you know, one, you know, where are they going to actually uh, put the location? Because, Everybody's like, okay, well, they did New York City, you know, uh, in Grand Theft Auto 3. That was New York City area. Then they went to Miami and Vice City. Then they did San Andreas, you know, the, the California, Las Vegas-ish area. And then when they went GTA 4, they went back to New York City, which GTA 4 was a great game. I mean, it was an, it was an awesome game. And then they did 5. They even upped it with better graphics, you know, and more detail and they got you know back into la basically in baker King. but you know are they going to go back to miami or are they going to maybe do a whole different area of the country you know yeah i mean that's a that's a good question and they have been away from miami for a while yeah which you know uh and you know something interesting about uh you know the grand theft auto series is all the music that's in there is actually put upon by the people that are developing it and part of the game. They actually get to submit their music into the game to be part of the radio stations. Did not know that. Yeah. So generally speaking, when you, uh, when you have those, uh, you know, the music, when they're playing it, it's actually from somebody's playlist. Interesting. Interesting to know. Yeah. Mm. But Mortal Kombat, I'm I'm looking forward to it because they basically are resetting it, right? Basically, they're they are resetting the, the the story is basically how it goes. Even though it's it's technically a continuation of the story, yeah. But that's that's how they're viewing it. Is it's hey, we're we're changing the universe, so we're not beholden to anything that we had kind of done and set up. And I'm I'm kind of okay with that. But their story since about uh, Mortal Kombat 9 has just been solid. And uh, I, I'll tell you, Farva, if you ever just kind of need something to watch and would kind of like a, a movie-esque thing, yeah. you can find uh, on there, you can find where people have cut together just the cinematics from 9, 10, and 11. Yeah. And you can get the whole story to you. I mean, they're each like three hours long, so. Yeah. 
But if, you, but if you're if, if you kind of would like a you know cheesy multi-dimensional kung fu movie, it's pretty good. Oh, I like cheesy dimensional kung fu movies, my man. So yeah, I mean, if you want to get caught up on the storyline, I I'd recommend checking that out. It's uh it's well worth the watch. Definitely, definitely give it a gander because I I'll be honest with you. Uh, I don't, I have a lot of free time. So, you know, if I'm not at work or having to do, you know, anything side project, uh, it's always good to find new things. Oh. I, uh, I can recommend another game for you. Oh, it's a, it's a little bit more uh, chill, laid back, okay. relaxing. Uh, it, it's, it is not truck simulator or lawnmower okay. simulator. Sorry, kidder. Uh, but like the wife and I have been playing through a game called Stardew Valley. I don't know if you've heard of this one. No. Nope. So uh, Stardew Valley, uh, I'm going to say it and it's going to sound terrible, but it is basically a farm simulator. Okay. But the, the whole premise is your is your character is... A is somebody he's been working in corporate world and his grandpa has passed away and has left him the deed to his farm in Stardew Valley. And you're decide to quit and move there and start a new life as a farmer. And it's an incredibly engaging yet relaxing game. You know, you can do kind of whatever you want to do. You want to be a farmer? Great. You want to spend your day fishing? You can go fishing. You want to go dig in the mines? You can go dig in the mines. You know, there are quests that you can go on. There are animals you could raise. So you could raise animals and products and all of that. Um, and you can play it multiplayer. So that's how my wife and I play. We've been playing through. It, it's just something that we'll sit down if we have a couple hours in the evening and we'll we'll play for a while. And uh, we have a lot of fun with it. So, I'll have so yeah. to take a look at it. have to take a look. It, it's, it's an incredibly like, cool and engaging game. And then when you learn that it was done by one person, one person, he did everything. The art, the programming, the music, everything. One person. It's really impressive. And it's a pretty cheap game. You can get it for, I think it's like 12 or 15 bucks. Oh, nice. And you, can, and you can get it on Xbox and such. So, or Steam, if you're into the computer side of things. But it's a, it's a really enjoyable, relaxing game. So, give me that. Yeah, let's check it out. Yeah. Game well, update on the model. I gotta do stickers, you know, the old federation stuff, but I got it on its stand, so just gotta do some painting and stickers. Nice, nice, and then put the lights in it, of course. Oh, of course, we gotta put lights in it, which reminds me. Uh, so slightly off topic, uh, so I cleared out a storage unit of mine and I found. A lot of the old Trek models of like the Excelsior, Enterprise D, Enterprise E, 
I also have Enterprise B, Kidder. Perfect. Oh yeah. I'm gonna put and they do glow. Now. And they do glow, by the way. Oh. And uh, here, I was hoping you were going to say you cleaned out an old storage unit and found a set of Longhorn horns that you no longer needed. We're going to, oh. you know, send them my way. Strap them to the front of your car. <laughs> hey, you know, funny, funny talking about Longhorns. So the other night at work, uh, a cow had gotten out of this pen, and we're. And we're there, and it's a big old black Angus cow, and uh, we're trying to stop it from getting on this highway. It's a major highway running through our city, and uh, I'm, we're trying to find a hole in the fence, right, you know, try to corral it back to the hole in the fence, and all of a sudden, these cows start coming out from under this tree. It was like, you know, instead of children of the corn, it was cows of the trees, and uh, <laughs> oh, yeah, and uh, I named this big cow. I named it hamburgers, and then I started naming all the other cows in the field. I was like, oh, there's bratwurst, there's sausage, there's steak, there's veal. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Come on. They were just trying to move around. Oh, they were moving around all right. I I don't know, far if I can believe this story. It seems utterly ridiculous. No, I did. It, I, and to be even more funny, you know, when you activate your lights on a police vehicle, it also activates your camera and your body camera if you have one and your microphone on it. Oh, it's all recorded. Do, do I need to submit a Freedom of Information Act to get that footage so I can implement it into this uh, episode? You know, with that? If you want, I'll, I'll let you know where to find that information if you truly want to. <laughs> Will I get it in the next like week? <laughs> yeah. Um, no, it was funny. We're you know the you know we're we're you know we're just like trying to get this cow corralled in. I'm like hamburgers. Come on, get back over the fence. <laughs> um, Did any of them lay down? Yeah, there were a lot of them laying down. Like they came up and they were wondering why the one cow was on the other side of the fence, and then. Uh, you know, then they then they started laying down, and you know we just followed hamburgers up this road, and he finally found a jump point. That's good. You finally had some ground beef. He did. He did have some ground beef. <laughs> oh, sorry. The jokes are a bit spotty tonight. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's, it's all right. It, it sometimes can be a little bit lean, but you know, it is what it is. Yeah. Feels like you're just trying to shoehorn a couple of those in. Yeah. Trying to go cut above the rest. Yeah. Definitely cut above, but you know what? It definitely sticks to the ribs. We've hit a new low. Cow puns. The final frontier. <laughs> <laughs> to the slaughterhouse <laughs> you know and it's it's funny because one of the things i did today um it, it, the first in the first week of august uh i'm actually going out to the chateau de mora's in menorah um to teach a to be part of a, a teacher workshop for teaching teachers how to teach north dakota studies and uh as my part of it or one of my parts of it uh, I actually designed a card game that is a simulation of a roundup. And so I actually had the family over today testing this. 
and doing kind of a play test and giving me some feedback and some thoughts on it. So it's it's now funny that I, you know, I'm ending my evening with cow puns. Like and on it. that weird sheer coincidence of a life and such. Kidder! We've been talking for quite a while. It's uh, probably time that we wrap this show up with everybody's favorite cheap plugs. Hmm. Mm. Mm. I guess I can I can pull over to the side of the road and not look for some New York strips or filet mignon. <clears throat> hey, don't forget the briskets, bro. Everybody needs a little bit of a brisket. Mm-hmm. So before we get to to that, uh, I do uh, want to throw out. I, I know, I know. I Howard's pissed because he softballed the, the cheap plugs, and I could have cheap plugged, and then went into this. But I just like to screw with Howard because why not? And I got a care package from Brother Nico. Because as this episode debuts, it's just a couple days before my birthday. So I wanted to share, because it's an interesting and fun little piece here, that uh, first of all, a little tea box. Yes! Tea. Has, okay. has it on the top, too. Oh, even better in the A-cars. And then it and then it and then it tells you actually how to brew the perfect cup of Earl Grey tea. Love it. Now the unfortunate thing about it is that there's no actual tea in it. And Nico said, because he ordered one for himself as well, that that he felt a bit screwed because he thought that there would be tea in it. So unfortunately, there's no tea in it. Thanks, to Brother it. Nico. <coughs> for How's it going, rolling. Brother Nico? Okay, I suppose uh, cheap plugs and the Farva. All of this uh, will will have to uh, assist with you as well. And you know, maybe maybe we should put a T-shirt on the store, a free Mador shirt, because why not? We can do that. We can make things happen. Uh, BeerBluesBS.com is our website. BeerBluesBS.com. You click the merch button right at the top. Takes you to our main merch store. We are also uh, another merch store that we have is at Streamlabs.com slash BeerBluesBS. Streamlabs.com slash BeerBluesBS. Lots of shirts on there, some different designs. And on top of it, you can donate directly to the show. And when you donate through there... Uh, you're helping the show, you're buying us beers, but you're also getting your name to infinitely scroll across the bottom of the screen to show that you care about the show. And so far, the lazy goalie is the only one who actually gives a crap about the show because he's the only one who's donated. So his name infinitely runs across the bottom of the screen over and over. So please Join him, join us, and continue to make the show even better. Or at least keep us on the air. We are also on Facebook and Instagram, so please like and follow us on both of those platforms at Beer Blues BS. And you can just search Beer Blues and BS and, well, find us 
right there. Aside from that, well, we're on all of the audio platforms for podcasts. iHeartRadio, Pandora, Spotify, Stitcher, TuneIn, IMDb, Amazon Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, and of course, uh, what, what's the other one? Podbean. That's where we are. Yeah, <laughs> we're, we're all over the place. And so if you have a service where you like to listen to audio podcasts, search for Beer, Blues, and BS. Obviously, you found us somehow, probably watching the video version, so thanks for watching us. Or maybe this is just a short. Whatever. Please subscribe. Please click the thumbs up. Smash that sub button because we can't continue the show without your support. Let's be honest. The video version is also available on YouTube, which also reminds me that we are on YouTube podcasts because that is a thing. So we are not only on the audio platforms, but we're also on the video platform there. YouTube.com slash Beer Blues BS. I think it's that. Just search for Beer Blues BS when you go to YouTube. Subscribe to us. Get those notifications. And then, of course, smash the thumbs up because more likes we get the more popular we get the algorithm starts working and we want it to work for you because it works for us so that'd be awesome again beer blues bs anywhere and everywhere so please like share subscribe download do all the things and help us continue carrying on other than that uh buy some merch donate to the show we'd appreciate all of that if you buy us a beer or a round of beers we will give you a thank you here on the screen and on top of it you can leave us a message when you put the message in we will share your message and you will live in infamy right there in the video version and the audio version i guess you just can't see it but it'll be there for ever so please join us at beerbluesbs.com and all of the other places so i think that uh may be enough of the cheap plugs for now the krdn weather stream is up that's on youtube if you search krdn weather you will get the north dakota slash bismarck weather and as you can see severe thunderstorm warning for extreme northeastern montana moving to the southeast so chance of thunderstorms coming up tomorrow right now though 68.3 on the roof and mostly moony so that's pretty good uh the stream is also uh remembering the life of the late Fargo police officer killed in line of duty. That, of course, being Jake Walleen. And got the uh, theme going there to celebrate his memory with his funeral earlier Still today. May he Still rest in for our brother. Absolutely. And uh, cheers to his memory. Cheers to his memory. So... With all of the cheap plugs and everything else uh, in play, uh, of course, we have the pint glasses. Forgot to mention that. This is the Kidder-approved old-fashioned uh, pint glass. We also have the standard uh, Triple B pint glass. So if you need something to drink out of, please 
by one or 30 of those and help us uh, continue the show. Also, the I will have a water with hops and grain, a beer. You can do that. You could even get that as a shower curtain or a blanket. Yes, somebody purchased the blanket. Hope it keeps you warm this upcoming winter as we all burn in hell. All right. Uh, that's it for the show and the cheap plugs. Final thoughts. Farva, give us your go. Well, just note that, you know, I'll appreciate any help that any of our wonderful viewers, your viewers, um, want to give and help me get my canine partner back home and retired. Um, you know, the three of us and amongst, you know, brother Nico, many others have on the show. We've all been good friends for many years. So it's really near and dear to me. Any help, uh, can be had. Uh, the other final thought is, you know, never give up hope, never give up faith. You know, um, I wouldn't be here even, you know, being able to talk about my current situation without my good friends and colleagues being there to support me. So uh, because of them, I'm able to have somewhat of a voice and just like you're able to give me a voice. So I appreciate everything. Anytime or farther, you got it. Howie Blues, final thoughts? I mean, I got to follow that. I mean, <laughs> uh, I mean, I can give you two. One, I've lost a piece of this X-Wing somewhere on my floor. Oh, there it is. Ah! <laughs> but, uh, hey, I, I, I will say, uh, for these Bandai kits, like, I haven't had to use any glue on them. But here's kind of the cool thing, if you're a fan. Because usually you build a model and it's... Uh, in you know kind of static but you can actually um you can see you can spread oh. the wings on this thing so it's movable Ooh. take that defiant Ooh. yeah Ooh. It, the defiant can cloak yes see so watch there you can see the defiant you see it's there and and now cloaked it's gone gone and it's uh still there but it cloaked yeah. and guess what to quote, to quote Benjamin, Captain Benjamin Cisco, she may have flaws, but she has teeth. I need to find a friend who's a Star Wars fan. <laughs> When's JS coming back on this show? Hey, 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 hey. I'm a Star Wars fan as well. Don't get me wrong. I, if you if we're gonna go that way, Howard, I'm an Obi Wan Kenobi fan. I think the most brilliant one of them all. All right, kid. Take us home. Say the things. <laughs> oh, now you want me to do the thing. Say the thing. Listen, you're the one who invented the whole us doing final thoughts, man. You just got to live with it. I threw it out there. I threw it out there. It doesn't mean you have to say anything. Wow. You know, that'd be impolite. Just because it's there doesn't mean you need to do it. It's like the sticky thing that you're looking at. You can touch it, but should you? No, you do not touch the sticky thing. With that, I dispense another realm and dosage of knowledge so 
You are welcome. Keep your glass at least half full. There's free beer tomorrow. And uh, thanks for joining us for this episode of Beer Blues and BS. We will see you on the next episode as Howard decides to bomb his own collection. Defiant looked much better. Have a good one, and we'll see you on the next episode of Beer, Blues, and BS. My stand's adjustable. <laughs> My slopes, bro. <laughs> <laughs>You have been listening to a UA production of Beer, Blues, and BS. If you enjoyed the show, help others find out about it by rating the show or leaving a review at your podcast listening service of choice. Thanks for listening, and may your glass never be empty. UA Productions presents A Glimpse Behind the Curtain. So, um... Can you give me a quick overview of the run sheet tonight since I wasn't able to look it up? <laughs> yeah. I, really, there's not a lot on there. Kidder hasn't added anything. <laughs> so uh, we got leading off on topic one. We got what's on tap. All right. Uh, followed by hashtag free Midor. Gotcha. Figured we'd give you a chance to update everybody on what's going on with that. Definitely. Uh, and then, uh, you know, I always leave some topics blank in case Kidder does want to add anything. So topic three is blank. Uh, topic four is Howard reported an incident, which will be an entertaining story. Oh, okay. Uh, then we jump down to uh, topic six, which is all about Mortal Kombat 1 and some of the stuff coming out with that. Oh, nice. Movie or the video game? Video game. Okay. So... Uh, and then, uh, the last thing is topic eight, which is a terrible product. And that's all I put. And I'm not going to tell you what it is because the reactions are where the fun is. Oh, I I can't wait to, can't wait to hear that. Oh, it's a, it's a good one. Uh, I find sometimes the most terrible products that I can't even believe exist. (laughs) So. So it'll be good. I'm sure it'll get a reaction out of you. Oh, good. So, oh, it's always good. Yeah. Oh, there she is. Miss America. Getting all your 10,000 settings set up? I have no idea what you're talking about. <laughs> he's got he's to make sure that all sound is equalized to perfection. <laughs> <laughs>
We are a top quality production here. That can be done in post. Huh? That can be done in post. Yeah. Hey, don't put it on the post guy. Absolutely. He's got enough to do. <laughs> no, he doesn't. <laughs> Are you wondering what that noise is? No, that's your dog talking to you. I, I figured out what it was. Kidder was kind of concerned. <laughs> I'm not concerned. It's that. It's this guy. <laughs> <laughs> he, he just does not know when to stop. I don't. I'm sure I'll be outside in the front yard chasing after him in like five minutes. So if you see you get up and haul ass out of there, we'll know what happened. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I'll be back momentarily. You had to take uh, a giant dump, and so did the dog. <laughs> yeah. It wouldn't be the first time somebody's had to run out of this show with uh, things about to happen. Yeah, Code Brown's happened, my man. Code Brown's happened. That's, uh, that's needed. It is. You don't know. I'll tell you what. Uh, I'll tell you what, uh, Chris. Uh, are we? Are we? Are we doing the show right now? Or are we still like in the warm-up stage? Oh, this I is war- this is warming up. Right. Although it's better material than Howard, it's come up with. Hey, hey! At uh, least, at least I have content in the run sheet. Shots fired. 